Hello, welcome to Ezra Klein Show on the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a, a special mini episode, um, and it's a mini episode to introduce you to Switched on Pop, which is going to be a new podcast in the Vox Podcast Pantheon. Among the missions that we talk about internally is a sort of two-sided mission around what people like to call hard news and soft news. And so, you know, hard news is like healthcare and, you know, what, what's going on overseas, right? It's, you know, this stuff that we often think of as important, but it's complex and boring. And when it comes to hard news, our, 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 our mission at Vox has been, it's not complex. It's clear if you understand it. It's not boring. It's important. And if you do it right, you know, it, it, you can feel it. it. It actually is interesting. And I think I try to do that, hopefully, occasionally with success on this podcast. But we have this other side of it, too, which is on the cultural side, the soft news side, arts, music, etc., taking things that often are not seen as important but are seen as intuitively appealing. It's like the opposite. You People believe that they're interesting, but they don't believe they deserve a lot of serious inquiry. And say, no, no, they are important, that they're reflecting important parts of our culture. They're reflecting important parts of ourselves or reflecting important parts of what is happening in art and creativity and, and, and genius and speaking to something that actually needs to be given the same level of rigor as all those other topics like healthcare and UBI and whatever else. And Switched on Pop does that. So I'm here with the hosts of Switched on Pop. Uh, maybe you could tell the audience who y'all are. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Hey, Ezra. How you doing? We're having fun. Are we? <laughs> Are we already? <laughs> Even before? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, we get to talk about pop music to such a degree and introduce, uh, you know, concepts that you just, you, you never had any idea about. Give me a concept. How about the concept of text painting? This is when pop artists bring life to their lyrics by actually attaching the meaning of the lyrics to the music. So Justin Timberlake singing what goes around comes around his melody in the course of that song literally goes in a big circle so that idea of coming back around is present in the music whether you know it or not and, and so what are you doing on switched on pop is it, it, you're taking you're taking pop music and and then what what is the switched well i'm part of it is it's a it's a whole way of listening and we're looking at what does the music itself have to say so we really focus on when we're talking about pop music we're really focused on the second half the music side not so much the pop side the celebrity gossip and all that there's plenty of stuff about celebrity gossip in the world we're much more interested in how does music work explained i think that there's a a bit of dismissiveness when you call something pop music when you when you say it's pop music you're saying that you know this is for everybody and you know rightly or wrongly when we say it's for everybody we sort of say yeah, it's lowest common denominator we had so many of those same assumptions right we we also dismiss pop but after four years of listening to top 40 hits week in and week out i think we've come away with this appreciation of, of how all music has different goals and you want to appreciate music and how well it's succeeding at what it's trying to do. And pop music is trying to make you feel upbeat, trying to give you an escape. How does it do it? And what are the sort of ramifications of those techniques? That's what we ask on our show. Is this an unusual moment for pop? I've been wondering this. So I remember when I um, was in college, but also when I, I graduated from college and moved to D.C., and everybody listened to everybody. The people around me listened to a lot of indie and there, I don't remember pop as being culturally the, the like the the molten center 
of uh, of a lot of discussion in the way that Beyonce, that Jay Z, that Taylor Swift, um, you know, that Ariana Grande are now. It it feels like something has converged in pop in this moment that is different than it was ten years ago. But I don't know if that's just what I consume or what I intuit, or it's actually something true. But I don't remember the sort of Britney Spears generation or the generation right after that being treated with the same seriousness that say even i mean i'm not sure kendrick lamar is like the right example there but even selena gomez is today yeah, absolutely I, I think there's been shifts both culturally and critically um from from a cultural perspective the parallel rise of social media and the impact of influencer culture definitely heightens the impact of of uh, of all celebrities especially rock stars who get this sort of that's the highest title that you can have is to be a, a rock star on the critical side, I would actually say that there's been a real shift from an attitude of rockism, sort of this this long-held belief in album-oriented rock and roll as the preeminent real kind of music. And I think that there's been an important shift towards looking at pop music as the thing which surrounds us whether we want it to or not. You know, many of us are, are pop fanatics. I think Nate and I definitely are. But even if you're not... You're going in the grocery store. It's in the background. Nate has has a, a great story. What was the, the first time you really realized that the the power of popular music? I think is so potent. You were trapped. I was in the dentist chair. Yeah, <laughs> and I was and I was at that point in my life just someone who was convinced that I hated pop music. And as I sat there, sort of listening to this music piped in through the speakers against my will, I was like, <laughs> you know what? I just have to submit. And when I did, when I made that choice to let pop into my ears. I kind of, everything kind of shifted. Novocaine is a powerful thing. It really, <laughs> it really is. We're going to throw to a, a mini episode, a best of Switch It On Pop, but, but then we're going to come back because I want to ask you guys a question I always ask to end the podcast. But in this case, I want to get three album recommendations from each of you. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so why don't we throw to, we've, we've compiled three of our favorite moments from the Switch It On Pop series over the last four years. And we're going to talk about um how the sound of the 808 drum machine locates Camille Cabello's Havana in multiple geographies. We're going to talk to one of our favorite guests ever, Lizzo, and one of the best songwriters in pop right now, Mike Posner. So some really fun insights, and we're going to play those for you starting now. I have had Camila Cabello's Havana stuck in my head. I mean, I'm just gonna go right to the chorus here. Havana, ooh, nah, nah. Half of her heart is in Havana. Na na na. He took me back to East Atlanta. Na 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 na. Oh, but my heart is in Havana. Na na na. Exactly. Did I do it? Did I nail it? Okay, good. That was a little stressful. I felt like I was in class again. (laughs) (laughs) On the surface, one could say, well, you know, Camilla, she's from Havana. Her guest star, Young Thug, is from East Atlanta. All right, the player set the stage. Done. Simple. Thesis complete. Do you think I'm satisfied? No, I think there's more to unpack here. So what do you think? Do we start in Atlanta or Havana? Where, Where do we begin? In order to get to East Atlanta, we have to travel back in time to the 1980s, all the way over to Japan. 
Oh, that was surprising. Okay, great. What are we doing here? Well, what we're doing in Japan is we are listening to the first production model of the TR-808 drum machine. Introducing the world's most advanced rhythm machine, the Roland TR-808. It sounds, in a word, very 80s, right? Very like (laughs) dawn of the drum machine, a little tinny not very sophisticated in a way but wonderful like totally i i love these sounds but they they sound a little like fisher price whoa so sexual healing uses the 808 okay interesting yeah i like what he's doing with it here he's somehow found a way to make these really kind of tinny cheap sounds work in his favorite. So even though Marvin Gaye's track helped make the 808 famous, creating uh, desire amongst the marketplace, everyone had to get an 808 to make that sound. What's going to happen is in Atlanta, we're going to zoom in on just one element of that drum machine in order to make banging tracks. And it is specifically the kick drum. Because when we listen to that Marvin Gaye track, the kick drum is a little... uh, it's a little weak. Oh, okay. So you're saying that hip-hop producers kind of rediscovered this instrument and sort of beef up the kick drum and turn it into this iconic sound from zero to hero. They're going to popularize it by giving it some more oomph. I want to take a listen to Outcasts, So Fresh, So Clean, and we're going to hear that they have found a way to get this simple little kick drum to hit harder and to really start to develop this sound. Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, now that's like the 808 kick I know and love. Exactly. But we're missing one really important element because there's something that happens in the Havana track, which is that East Atlanta sound, which we're not getting yet on Outcast. And if we zero in on the kick drum, what we're going to notice is that the actual sound of it changes pitches on the Havana track. To get a sense of what I'm talking about, we need to listen to the bass-heavy crunk production of Lil Jon <laughs> and his incredibly effective track, Get Low. Now we have that pitched element. And soon this sound takes over. It becomes totally ubiquitous, such that the name of the instrument is actually now just synonymous with the sound of that particular bass kick. But I want to just give you a sense of what it would sound like. What if she didn't have that sort of pitched banging sound, but actually just like the original sexual healing sort of sound? Uh-huh. It's missing something, right? Not quite the same. Yeah, not the same. <laughs> so all of a sudden, okay, so let's see what it sounds like if we start to pitch that bass around. Yeah. Okay, we're nearly there, right? Getting a little closer. Yeah, this porridge is like a little too cold, but we'll get there, yeah. Now let's just Lil John it. Let's crank it up. Let's crunk it up. I'm really sorry. That's really just, just terrible. Keep going. Just talk. <laughs> if, if you take that same sound, you compress it, you distort it, you mess with it a little bit, you're going to get a modern 808. And check out Camilla's song with that modern 808 sound. That's the Havana I know and love. So what was once a Japanese toy drum machine 
derided for its terrible replication of an actual drum set, is now the quintessential element to modern hip-hop, and for that matter, pop. That is the 808. So when we hear that on Havana, we are actually hearing this entire reference of musical history going back to the early 80s and really the history of modern hip-hop, which that sound was developed right there in East Atlanta. My name is Mike Posner. Mike Posner is in the studio. This whole whole song kind of is not overly lyrical or pedantic or, you know, like cool words or imagery. It's like, this is just what it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One of the things with the song about you that stood out for me is the first time I listened through, I went back and I was like, wait, hold on. I got to go find the hook. I was like, wait, okay, I'm looking for that like big build. Where's that, where's that hook happening? And then I was like, Oh, it's all a hook. The hook the is hook. all around you. <laughs> it's happening all the time. And it was you kind of are a- in the hook. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that is really crystallized in the way you've structured this song, in which the chorus and the verses have the exact same melody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, I think it's like this does a very specific thing. This makes music into something like kind of in- intense, kind of like religious forms of music making and like folk forms Mm. going back to some of the earliest styles you'd hear in america these would be folk songs imported from like the british isles when the green buds they were swelling here you're getting basically the hook as the verse just as you're doing in your song there's something very hypnotic about it as Mm. as you pointed out hypnotic i like that yeah same melody, new words. He sent his servant to the town. Yeah, I was swept away by our voice. Oh I my god! Yeah, that's, much that's, that's, Gene, that's Gene Ritchie singing that song. Incredible. Sounds incredible. There is also another factor to this ooh, working. Oh yeah. The lyrics have to be good. <laughs> <laughs> and same um, and uh, furthermore, if if you had lyrics you really loved that you wanted to highlight. Mm. That might be a reason to do this technique Um, because Mm. when you switch a melody, the listener's ear goes to the melody. Whereas, you know, like the first example you play when it's just the same melody over and over, you can, as a listener, you can zero in on the lyrics and hear them. You can't get away with using the same melody and having an uninspired second verse because you're actually going to (laughs) have bored somebody as opposed to, hey, tune in. Correct. Mm. As we move into pop, um, <laughs> there's another really cool example of this from sort of pop of yore in uh, Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. Yeah. <laughs> town. So the verse and then goes to a chorus and then goes to a verse. And while the lyrics change, the music stays the same. And it's so effective, right? Yeah. Lizzo, singer, rapper, and host of the podcast Good as Hell, a partnership with Spotify and Refinery29. We are so honored to have you here as your music has been a absolute hit with our listeners. Thanks oh, for joining yay. us. Yes. Yeah. Hi, <laughs> you forgot something. Um, flute player. No way, really? Yeah, flute and piccolo. What? Oh. So add that to your, your list. <laughs> Gosh fantastic. darn it. 
<laughs> so you're here to help us deconstruct the brilliant new single Make Me Feel by Janelle Monet. That's just the way you make me feel. That's just the way you make me feel. Yes. Yes. Shout out to ASMR. Oh, wait, say more. The ASMR chorus. The, that's just the way. Oh yeah. A whisper chorus. I, I'm always a fan. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. She really came through. I didn't make that connection though. <laughs> Reinforced by the really sort of lo-fi beatboxing in the opening, just like. Oh yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Oh, it's so mouthy, yeah. right? That. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. That, like tension. 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 Isn't it so rewarding? Mm. What is that tension doing for us? Like, how do you hear that tension? How does it support the song? It's so funny because, like, tension in a song normally happens in like the pre. Yes. And the first verse is supposed to just feel right. Yep. It's supposed to be at what, like the root is supposed to be like at yep. the one. <laughs> one note melody, <laughs> and you're like, simple. You're like, here yeah. we go. Let me yeah. just, da, 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 da. you know what yep. I mean? And then she's like starting like, and you're like, what's about to happen? Like, that's what it does for me. That melody reminds me of a movie. Like you take the track out of it. And if you just hear that melody, like on some violins, it sounds like... You know, like oh, cinematic. <laughs> yeah, super cin. Yeah. Like it's a moment in a movie where, like, the little kid is running and he's running towards something. Like it yes. feels like I don't know, like uh, uh, so something in the distance at the start. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think it's worth saying, even for maybe for some of our listeners who may not be as familiar with music, it might be helpful to even just to play an example of if you were open up on a plain major chord. And then you have a seventh chord, mm-hmm. and that seventh chord it's unstable. Yeah, and it's the root. As opposed to that, that's beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Unresolved chords were always like mm. my kryptonite. Mm. I remember because when they would play unresolved chords, I'd be like, just resolve it. Just resolve <laughs> well, it. <laughs> and, and she does because that chord wants to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It wants to go in the progression of a blues. Mm-hmm. A typical 12-bar blues chord progression uses a lot of those seventh notes to have us constantly move through a progression and always have a little bit of instability to create movement. Mm. Mm. Right. So a blues is going to start right on that whole chord, that one, and add the seventh and it's going to move through the four, the five, back to the four, and back home to the one seven. That's sort of the blues progression. Lots of sevens, lots of tension. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing that is happening in the song, there is tension and there is movement. And she fulfills that sort of blues expectation by moving to what would be the next blues chord. She goes from the one chord to the four chord. Right? Oh, it's like... Doom, 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 doom. Exactly. That <laughs> <laughs> is so the blues. Isn't, That's so isn't tight. That amazing? And you're not hearing yeah. it. You really broke it down. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and we're back. All right, Charlie, three albums. You could also be songs. I actually don't care that much that have influenced you that you think everyone should hear. Oof. Charlie's on the spot. Nate, are you are you are do you have something on the on the... I'm I'm ready to go. All right. They're all, all from they're all from this they're all from the yeah. past all right. year. I want to I'm going to pass to Nate and, and they're three yeah. incredible women artists. It's going to be Rosalia, 
El Mal Carrere. This is a Spanish artist updating flamenco for the 21st century. Uh, we've got Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. No one spits more fiery flow than Cardi B, and she's an inspiration to us all, I think. And finally, Janelle Monet, Dirty Computer. If you want an album that tackles all the most pressing themes of our modern world, that's the one for you. Can I? I'm going to add an album which uh, is going to connect to a book, which is Celine Dion. I always Dion. do books, man. I don't want to hear books. <laughs> I, I got plenty well, of books. I, I'm gonna, this one's going to surprise you. I promise right. you, Ezra. I want to add Celine Dion's 1999 album, Let's Talk About Love. Mm. Right? I, I, I didn't see that coming, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> do you know this album, Ezra? I do know this album. This, this album got played in my mom's car all the time when I was growing up. I'm not surprised. You can hear the flute from My Heart Will Go On. I can. I think if you had polled me about just a few years back and said, how do you feel about it? I certainly would have said it's overly sentimental (laughs) and it's, yeah, it's a garbage heap. That's what I would have said. And then Nate and I found this book, Let's Talk About Love, named after the album, which deconstructs all of the ways in which uh, genre and taste are used to reinforce existing hierarchies of class and gender and race. And what you what you come away with reading this book is that Celine Dion's album is actually this unbelievable work which reveals what the people want and it makes you listen to music entirely differently. So have, have you done the switched on pop reassessment of Celine Dion? No, but I think it's I think we're overdue. Far I think overdue. I think, I think that's gotta go on the on the roster. As soon I mean we're waiting as soon as C D drops her, her latest uh, album will be there. All right, the show is Switched on Pop. You can subscribe uh, wherever you subscribe to your podcast, but it's great. Um, I've been a listener for years. You will love it. Uh, go check it out. <laughs>